On today's episode, I'll go over the best players from the first month plus of the season, recent injuries and recoveries, and streamers for the week ahead. Plus, we'll discuss what call-ups to prioritize and some of my favorite buy-low, sell-high players. That's today on Fastball Fantasy Baseball. This is Fastball Fantasy Baseball with Taylor Tarter and Matt Kerr. Let's get into it. So we have um, obviously been on a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, we've had some scheduling conflicts, uh, a little, little bit more um, real life taking over uh, than, than fantasy. Um, I just had a baby. Uh, my, my wife just had the baby, uh, but we, um, uh, I've been on daddy daycare. So real talk, real life has, has kind of been the, uh, been a little bit of a priority here. Um, but so what we're going to do instead of the best hitter of the last week and the best pitcher of the last week, we're going to look at the best of the season so far. So I think this is not inarguable, but like it's it's pretty darn close to to being a surefire thing. The the best hitter so far, in my opinion, has been Atlanta outfielder Ronald Acuna, who, as of uh, researching this, had 33 runs, six homers, 21 RBI, 15 steals, and was batting 343. So the those numbers, right? He leads baseball and runs he's second in steals and he's third in average and he's third behind Luis Arias who's probably going to win the the batting title uh in the NL and uh Matt Chapman who pretty high BABIP probably going to regress some along the way uh so we'll we'll see about we'll, we'll see how long Acuna is in second place uh, third place in average rather um some things that are looking pretty good for Acuna this season. He's striking out way less than than normal. He has a uh, 14.5% strikeout rate, which is a career best for him. And he's doing this by making more contact on pitches outside of the strike zone, which, you know, he may not continue doing. But early in the season, you know, it's, it's so far so good, right? Um could could change uh now his average does look babip influenced he has uh the lowest line drive rate and the highest ground ball rate of his career and he's managing a 14 percent infield hit rate now typically right we've talked about this on the show before higher line drive rate and harder hit balls tend to inflate babip but like sustain the inflated babip but and of course Acuna, his hard hit numbers are insane. Fourteen and a half percent barrel rate, which is twenty fourth in baseball, and a fifty three point eight percent hard hit rate, which is eleventh in baseball. But the low line drive rate is a problem. The high ground ball rate is a problem, and a fourteen percent infield hit rate, even with the bigger bags, like maybe it, maybe he can do like ten percent. But I think those things lead to. BABIP coming down, lead to average coming down to something probably closer to his like 280 range 
Um, now maybe he can get to 300 this year if he keeps the strikeout rate down. But I mean, he looks like the, he looks like the best player in baseball. Um, and I think there are a few close ones though. Um, angels, uh, DH, we're going to give his batting stats. Um, but, uh, Shohei Otani, 21 runs, seven homers, 22 RBI and five steals with a 294 batting average. Randy Rosarena has been great. Uh, 24 runs, nine homers, 30 RBI, three steals, and he's batting 321. Cody Bellinger, of all people, I like I avoided him so hard because I just didn't see this. 23 runs, seven homers, 18 RBI, five steals, and he's batting 303. Jorge Mateo is having a great season for Baltimore. Uh, 21 runs, six homers, 18 RBI, 10 steals, 338 average. I think the average comes back down to earth. I think he goes 2020 this year, maybe 2030. Uh, Pittsburgh outfielder Brian Reynolds, real, real hot to start, slowed down a little bit, but still 17 runs, five homers, 23 RBI, five steals, batting 330. Bobichette, uh, I believe, is leading baseball in hits right now i can check this really quick but uh he was the hits leader the last two seasons i'm pretty sure he is leading with 52 hits right now acuna is second arias is third and i want to make sure i'm correct about this that he led baseball in hits Nope, he was third last year in hits, but he was first in the AL last year. And in 2021, Bo Bichette, he had 191 hits. He was second overall behind Trey Turner, but led the uh, AL. So third time leading the AL here for Bo Bichette in hits ridiculous uh but uh 26 runs eight homers 24 rbi a stolen base and batting 331 on the season one of my favorites from the offseason uh san francisco shortstop tyro estrada he has 25 runs six homers 14 rbi 10 steals and is batting 338 and then surprise prospect call up oakland outfielder brent rooker 18 runs 10 homers 26 rbi and a stolen base with a 313 average. So those are the best hitters, in my opinion, of of the season so far. My, my opinion on best pitcher this year, and, and I think this is pretty as close to, like, uh, you know, no questions asked as possible. Tampa starting pitcher Shane McClanahan, he is 7-0 and right now with six quality starts and a 176 ERA. Okay. He has uh, an 11.35 K9 rate, 92.7% left on base rate. Not really sustainable. That's going to drop probably low 80s. Uh, ERA will come up, you know, as, as that, you know, more runners are left on base, more runs get scored. Uh, 48.6% ground ball rate, really good. Uh, he has a 272 BABIP, which is 
12 points lower than his career, so not a crazy fluctuation there, and an 11% home run to fly ball rate. So I'm not um, I'm I'm not worried about the ERA uh, dipping, you know, going up too much. His xFIP and Sierra are higher because they are they are expecting the left on base rate and the Babbitt and the walks per nine rate to regress. Um, but I think he lowers the, the 3.9 walks per nine rate. And, and I think the BABIP is sustainable. He's allowing below average hard contact and his line drive rate is the lowest allowed of his career. So those things lead me to believe he can sustain a lower BABIP. Uh, he leads baseball and wins. He's tied with Mitch Keller uh, George Kirby, Joe Ryan, Justin Steele, and Garrett Cole for second in quality starts. And he's fourth in strikeouts this year, but 12th in innings pitched, which makes him seventh in strikeouts per nine. Shane McClanahan, best pitcher in baseball. A uh, couple other honorable mention pitchers here. Uh, your your fellow ERA leaders, uh, and uh, Shane, of, of course, is included in this, but I left him out. Uh, for now, Sonny Gray, Justin Steele, Bryce Elder, Shane McClanahan. Oh, no, I didn't leave him. Uh, Erod, Alex Cobb, Garrett Cole, Marcus Stroman, Zach Gallen, and Luis Castillo. Uh, I think Stroman and, and Erod and Sonny Gray, uh, honestly, probably Justin Steele and Bryce Elder, too, are, are huge risks of regression. Um, they would be interesting uh sell high or yes sell high candidates uh for me so i also wanted to look at um some expected era stats so i looked at xfip leaders and there's some crossover here zach gallon uh alex cobb uh are some crossover from era leaders so that looks good for them also in the top 10 of xfip uh, Kevin Gossman, Spencer Strider, Framber Valdez, Logan Webb, uh, Logan Gilbert, Clayton Kershaw, Nate Evaldi, and Mackenzie Gore. And then your Sierra leaders, a couple that double up, Strider, Gallen, Gossman, Valdez, Gilbert, Cobb, Webb, uh, and then a few new ones, Pablo Lopez, Shohei Otani, and Joe Ryan. Uh, quality starts leaders. So these are the three pitchers ahead of Shane McClanahan in quality starts. That's Shane Bieber, Framber Valdez, and Marcus Stroman. Uh, wins leaders, second behind McClanahan, uh, tied with five wins apiece. Gallon, Cole, Joe Ryan, Steele, Kershaw, Kikuchi. Your strikeout leaders are Strider, Otani, Gallon, McClanahan, Cole, Gosman, Valdez, Mitch Keller, uh, of all people, uh, Logan Webb and Pablo Lopez. And then I looked at saves leaders too, and a lot of these are not surprising. Clause, Hayter, Bednar, Romano, Suwald, Carlos Estevez, Felix Bautista, Doval, uh, Juan Duran, and Alexis Diaz. But the only, th- the only ones of them that are top 10 in saves with higher than a three ERA are Jordan Romano and Paul Suwald. All the others have lower than a three ERA, which is insane. The The reliever market is very, very thin, very top heavy this season. 
All right, let's talk about some injuries and recoveries. Ouch, baby. Very ouch. So there are a bunch of injuries, um, lots of pitching injuries as well, and a lot of Tommy Johns. And it makes you wonder if the pitch clock, you know, had something to do with this. Um, It doesn't look great for the pitch clock. So uh, Tommy Johns so far this year, Ian Anderson, Went down in April. Um, Herman Marquez, uh, Luis Garcia, Jose Quijada, Robbie Ray, and Tyler Malley is the most recent one. All of those are May. Um, Tommy Johns, a couple other uh, April ones, JT Brubaker and Jeffrey Springs. Then you have a few pitcher forearm elbow issues, but not Tommy John, at least not yet. Uh, Max Freed, uh, they just, uh, Atlanta put him on the 15 day IL and just, uh, made, made the news that he's going to be out two months, uh, in, uh, on the fifth Minnesota starting pitcher. Oh, Tyler Malley got to him already. So for Tyler Malley, his, his, uh, Tommy John, uh, you know, with him out and my eight out, this is extended time for Louis Varland and and Bailey Ober, and I I just wrote about Louis Varland for uh, for Fantrax, and man, his stuff looks really good. I, I think he's going to be uh, nasty in the majors. I, I would lean Varland over Ober. Um, Oakland starting pitcher Mason Miller had scans come back clean on his uh, forearm elbow, but uh, he's still day to day. Pittsburgh starting pitcher Vince Velasquez, he's on the 15 day IL. Luis Ortiz has taken his place in the rotation. He is interesting to me as a streamer. He's got a low strikeout per nine rate through the minors, but he's, you know, he's doing pretty well. Uh, it was having a good AAA season. And then uh, and, uh, we got a May 9th update on Texas starter Jacob deGrom. He's expected out another two to three weeks at least. And Dane Dunning is starting in his place. He's another good streamer in the right matchup. A couple other pitcher issues. Atlanta starter Kyle Wright has a shoulder strain. And I'm assuming that with injuries to Freed and Wright that Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd get some more playing time. But I'm not... I'm out on both of those uh, pitchers unless I'm super desperate in like a 16-team league. Cincinnati starting Nick Lodolo. He had calf soreness delaying his uh, most recent start. This is something to watch, especially because he's having not so great of a season. Cleveland starting pitching prospect Daniel Espino had a shoulder capsule repair and is out 12 to 14 months. Big bummer. Uh, pitchers need their shoulders. Um, some hitter injuries, Baltimore second baseman, their baseman, Ramon Urias has a hamstring issue and the team says he will miss quote unquote, a good bit of time. So this probably means, uh, Frazier and Gunner get more time. Uh, Joey Ortiz is already up, but I don't think there's much going on there. And Jordan Westberg is crushing at AAA and, 
I think he's not too far from a call-up. White Sox DH Eloy Jimenez had an appendectomy, and he's out four to six weeks. And I, so far, what they've done is they've rotated in Hanser Alberto, Gavin Sheets, and Adam Hazley, and I like them in that order. Milwaukee outfielder Garrett Mitchell has a torn shoulder labrum. He had surgery last week. And honestly, Yelich is the only outfielder I'm going after in that lineup. Um, I actually had a shoulder <laughs> labrum tear and shoulder repair, and it's it's a rough recovery. Um, probably looking like six, nine months at least to, to recover, but who knows? These guys are freaks, so maybe he'll be back sooner. Uh, and then Washington outfielder Victor Robles, he has a back injury, and this makes Alex Call very, very much worth rostering. There are some important recoveries to Boston starting pitcher James Paxton. He's coming back today while you're listening to this. Uh, Garrett Whitlock through BP this week, and he should begin a rehab assignment next week. I'm interested to see how this works out with their rotation. This could mean Brian Bello gets sent down. Maybe Hauk gets sent to a reliever. Maybe you see like a Hauk Paxton piggyback. Uh, but that'll be interesting. That's a that's a rotation to watch. Cleveland starting pitchers Aaron Savali. Uh, he's throwing BP this week. McKenzie threw BP last week. This this could affect Bibby and Bybee and Allen. Uh, so you know if you roster them, just kind of like keep an eye on that situation. Detroit starting pitcher Tariq Skubal is throwing batting practice this week. He could be a pretty good IL stash. Houston starting pitcher Lance McCullers threw 25-pitch batting practice this week. Uh, second baseman Jose Altuve took BP this week, and he has a rehab assignment starting today. Starting pitcher Jose Arquiti could return around the all-star break from the shoulder injury. Uh, Miami first baseman Garrett Cooper, he's been doing on-field workouts. Starting pitcher Trevor Rogers will begin a throwing program this weekend. But, you know, beginning a throwing program, Still means he's got a ways to go. And so Yuri Perez, very important ad. Uh, that's a, his, so he's another pitcher I'm, I did some research on for an article. And his, his stuff is electric. He's got great command. He's gigantic. He's like six, eight. Um, so I think he's going to dominate. I think he's going to be ridiculous so if you're in a fab league you need to spend whatever it takes to get him milwaukee starting pitcher brandon woodruff he is expected back by the end of june minnesota shortstop royce lewis he's starting a assi- rehab assignments this week uh he could see time at third base outfield uh, but it's a really crowded lineup and they already have players that are struggling for playing time so i don't i don't think i would spend much going after him philly starting pitcher ranger suarez is back this weekend uh strom has already made his way to the bullpen to make room san francisco starting pitcher alex wood could return to the rotation this week uh or the upcoming week which means that stripling is likely the odd man out even though manaya should be the odd man out st louis outfielder tyler o'neill should begin a rehab assignment early next week who who knows who knows what's happening with this lineup what a what a what a crazy 
you know, typically one of the most, you know, the, the best run organizations, but man, is it a, a weird year for them. Tampa's starting pitcher, Tyler Glasnow. He's making his third rehab assignment this week, but he had a setback, uh, like a leg injury sort of thing. So that's something to watch. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and then Texas shortstop, Corey Seager. He is expected to be back early next week, which likely means that Ezekiel Duran loses some playing time. All right, let's look at some streamers for the week ahead. Am I streaming? Am I streaming? Okay, so in case you've forgotten in the uh, month-ish that we've been off, or if this is your first time listening, so for streamers, uh, what we do is we look at the teams with the worst run differential, and we look at the teams with the most batting strikeouts. And we kind of cross-reference and we go, all right, these are the teams that we're going to target for streaming. So the teams with the worst 10 run differential are Oakland. Uh, and so Oakland has a minus 134 run differential. Kansas City is next at minus 61. So, uh, I mean, that's, in- <laughs> that's insane. Um, you have... The White Sox, Miami, Detroit, Cincinnati, Colorado, Washington, Philly, and Cleveland rounding out your teams with the worst 10 run differential. I, and I was looking at this as kind of quirky, but uh, the AL East, every single team has a positive run differential. And the AL Central and the NL East have four teams with a negative run differential. So kind of kind of crazy there. And then uh, you have... The teams with the most strikeouts as batters, San Francisco, Seattle, uh, Dodgers, Oakland, Minnesota, Detroit, Kansas City, Atlanta, Milwaukee, and San Diego. So what we are looking at is targeting Oakland, Kansas City, and Detroit in particular. Um, but we'll we'll also kind of like sprinkle some other, uh, other good matchups in. Really, we're just looking for good matchups. Um, and and you know sometimes like uh you know like an air uh, or like a like a Dodgers will line up to play against Oakland right and there are no Dodgers pitchers on on waivers uh so you know we might not have like a ton of teams going against one of those target teams but you know we'll we'll find I got you some good ones here okay. If you're listening to this on time, Cincinnati starting pitcher Graham Ashcraft has is at Miami on Friday, uh, the twelfth. He's rostered in twenty nine point one percent of ESPN leagues. Miami has the ninth worst average and the sixth most strikeouts versus right handed pitching. He's basically had one bad game all season. That's that's inflating his ERA. Uh, he has a top ten ground ball rate. And the third highest, Miami has the third highest ground ball rate as hitters. So great matchup here. On Saturday, the 13th, Milwaukee starting pitcher Colin Ray has Kansas City at home. He's rostered in just 0.9% of ESPN leagues. Kansas City has the fifth worst average and the seventh most strikeouts versus righties. Uh, He doesn't qualify, but he has the same ground ball rate as Ashcraft, which is really good. 
uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider him like a long-term starting pitching option. His year and, and XFIP are still in the fours, but this is a great matchup to exploit and he's everywhere. Miami starting pitcher Braxton Garrett has Cincy at home in Miami on Sunday the 14th. He's rostered in 2% of ESPN leagues. Had a couple clunkers, but Cincinnati's in the bottom half of the league in uh, in average and in strikeouts versus uh, versus left-handed pitching. Garrett's XFIP and Sierra are two runs lower than his ERA. His BABIP and his home run to fly ball rate are super inflated, while his walk per nine rate is the best of his career. His left on base rate and ground ball rates are solid. Don't be fooled by the ERA. Go get him. Great matchup. Milwaukee starting pitcher Adrian Hauser is home against Kansas City on Sunday the 14th. He is rostered in 1.2% of ESPN leagues. Again, Kansas City bad versus righties. There's a chance for a good game for Hauser in a second start. Another good Sunday matchup is Angels starting pitcher Patrick Sandoval at Cleveland. He is more widely rostered at 46.2% of ESPN leagues. Cleveland has the fifth worst average in baseball against lefties. Uh, Now, this year, Sandoval has an uncharacteristically low uh, strikeout per nine rate, but he has the eighth best ground ball rate for pitchers versus the eighth highest team ground ball rate for for hitters and you know maybe this season he's been leaning more to contact leaning more on contact than than swing and miss he has the highest contact rate allowed of his career which you know could play into the ground ball rate uh being so high and this plays right into cleveland being a high ground ball hitting team so Really uh, interesting matchup there. Um, On Monday the 15th, San Diego uh, pitcher Seth Lugo has Kansas City at home in San Diego. Again, Kansas City, bad against righties. Lugo, great season so far. 8.2 strikeouts per nine. Does have a high BABIP uh, and a high home run to fly ball rate. So you expect some regression to the ERA, but everything else looks pretty good. 2.1 walks per nine, 84.5% left on base, 49% ground ball rate. All really good. Solid pickup and hold right there. Um, uh, Pittsburgh starting pitcher Luis Ortiz is at Detroit on Tuesday. He's rostered in 3.6% of ESPN leagues. Detroit has the sixth worst average, the third most strikeouts, and the 10th fewest walks against right-handed pitching. So this play is perfect for Luis Ortiz. Uh, In AAA, he had eight strikeouts per nine, three walks per nine, and a 54.1% ground ball rate. So really, really good. We're targeting uh, Miami here on Tuesday the 16th as well. Uh, Washington starting pitcher Josiah Gray's at Miami. Uh, He is rostered in 17% of ESPN leagues. Miami uh, is bad against righties. And Gray is doing so well this season. 8.6 strikeouts per nine. Uh, the the 3.49 walks per nine is still a little high, but it's the best of his career. 
Also, uh, his home run rate, his home run per nine rate is uh, just barely over one. And he has a 10.6% home run to fly ball rate. Those are both the best of his career. Pretty like spot on league average. And maybe he's figured it out. He's been so home run prone. Maybe maybe he's maybe it's clicked. Um, he has an 87% left on base rate, 40.5% ground ball rate. Both best of his careers. Fastball slider had been really good. This is a guy that needs to be way, way, way more rostered. Uh, Rich Hill has uh, Detroit on Wednesday. He's at Detroit on Wednesday the 17th. He's rostered in 5.9% of ESPN leagues. Detroit is among the worst half of the league in average, and the they have the fourth fewest walks versus lefties. This is a streamer matchup purely. And then Cleveland starting pitcher Peyton Battingfield is at the Chicago White Sox also on Wednesday. Rostered in 3.2% of ESPN leagues. Another, you know, purely streamer here. Uh, he has, he's going against the White Sox, the eighth most strikeouts versus right-handed pitching, and they're tied for the fifth fewest walks versus righties. So, again, not a great long-term guy here, but um, uh, a solid streamer. Uh, so, I'll be right back to go over uh, some uh important call-ups of of the the first two months of the season and then a few sell high buy low candidates right after a word from our sponsor so it can be hard to know like all right what what prospects are legit what prospects should i go after which ones should i you know just like not even bother with um and so for me what i'm looking at is one do they have a role lockdown you know are, are they getting good playing time and two what are they doing with the playing time so as far as pitching prospects that have been called up already uh grayson rodriguez for baltimore is my number one pitching prospect he'd be the one that I would be going after the most. Uh, he has 10.9 strikeouts per nine this season. His BABIP and home run to fly ball rates are are very, very high. You you would expect some positive regression to come to that. Um, and then he has a 78% left on base rate and 43% ground ball rate, which explains why he has a 5 ERA, but a 3.55 XFIP and a 3.85 Sierra he has a he has a spot in the rotation look lockdown it looks like uh so as like a i think he could be an interesting buy low for uh you know somebody that has been holding on to him or, or drafted him thinking he was going to be really good and uh, you know they're getting frustrated he's just you know they're disappointed um interesting buy low guy for me um you know buy relatively low uh, next, I have Seattle starting pitcher Bryce Miller. He has an 11.2 strikeout per nine rate, a 0.75 walks per nine rate, a very low BABIP, and a 0% home run to fly ball rate, which spells a regression. But, you know, his regression is to a 3.06 XFIP and a 2.75 Sierra. He's got a ton of swing and miss. He has a 44.3% chase rate against. 
Uh, and with Ray out with Tommy John, uh, you know, this is this is his job until he loses it. And unless he like just totally explodes a couple games in a row, I, you know, it looks like the job is his. Um, I have the Cleveland prospect pitchers next. Uh, Logan, uh, Logan Allen, I have just above uh, Tanner Bybee in, in terms of like which one I would rather have. Uh, Logan Allen, more strikeouts per nine. Um, his Babbitt looks a little a little closer to normal. Um, Homer to fly ball rate looks legit right now. Uh, 38% ground ball rate, uh, better than Tanner Bybee. Uh, 87% left on base rate, better than Tanner Bybee. I disagree with, with the regression that XFIP and Sierra says, I, you know, he, he's doing, he's, he's doing something in the realm of possible. And I think they're regressing him based on like regressing his walk rate, regressing the left on base, you know, regressing the, the strikeouts. I think he's doing fine. I think he can, I think he can hold on to what he's doing. I, he might be the most, consistent of all the pitcher call-ups so far but the problem that he and Tanner Bybee both have is that Tristan McKenzie and Aaron Savali are gonna come back at some point and potentially soon and so that's why they're kind of lower on the list for me um Oakland's starting pitcher Mason Miller uh he has an elbow injury but apparently it's not concerning you know he's He's not getting a ton of whiffs, um, and he has a really low he's twenty percent ground ball rate. Uh, he not, his strikeout rate's over nine, which I like, but uh, his xFIP and Sierra are both higher than his ERA. Could he could he get better? Sure, but it's a bad team, uh, and I don't think he's going to get. I think he could go winless. You know. Um, Tampa starting pitcher Taj Bradley. I have him lower here because he like, and I, and I got asked this on Twitter. Um, you know how would I how would I treat like how would I or no I got asked so I do uh, this is something that you can participate in for pitcher list if you are a PL Plus member you can do our live chats. Um, on our discord and I got asked about him on the discord and my reaction was like, I worry a little bit about like how much he's going to play in the majors because Tampa is deep at starting pitcher and they just like send their prospects up and down and they've already done that with him. So I kind of expected this, but what he's done so far is really good. Uh, 13 and a half strikeouts per nine, 1.17 walks per nine, pretty normal BABIP, 313, 11% home run to fly ball rate, really good. 73.8% left on base, right around league average. Biggest issue I see is he's got to get the ground ball rate higher. It's at 26.5% right now. Uh but I think if they would be 
if they would give him consistent playing time, I think he'd be at the top of this list. Uh, yeah, he has a 352 ERA, 278 xFIP, 236 year. So, uh, and then Brandon Fott is struggling um, a bit, and I think he's a big risk of being demoted. And and then the same kind of for Luis Ortiz. He's not he's not uh, struggling, but um, he, he's had worse strikeout per nine rate at every single level uh, that he's gone through. He he's a good ground ball pitcher, but he's he's up because Vince Velasquez is hurt and Vince Velasquez is not like badly hurt. So I think this is a temporary call up. And of course, Yuri Perez, uh, ridiculous stuff. Um, you know, if 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 I'm gunning for anybody right now, that is, you know, he's he's getting called up today, right? So if you can't get the waiver claim, if you didn't get the waiver claim over the last weekend, and you're putting in a claim this weekend, that's the number one waiver claim I would put in. As far as uh, hitting prospects this season there there aren't a ton that i've been dying to have my my number one would probably be Mets third baseman brett Beatty. he's a pl- platoon risk but he's been productive he's getting more play uh against lefties so you know we'll see if if the playing time increases he has a 271 average two homer six runs six rbi in his uh major league season so far as of you know researching for this uh, he has an 11% barrel rate, 53.3% hard hit rate. Uh, this is something that he's done throughout the minors. He hits the ball really hard. He has great discipline for a rookie, uh, just a 24% chase rate, 11.8% swing and strike rate, which all helps to explain why his uh, expected batting average is 287. So love Brett Beatty. Um, Next, I have uh, Angels shortstop Zach Neto. Uh, he's got the green light for as a starting shortstop in LA. Uh, he has a 2.44 average versus a 252 expecting a- expected batting average. He has slightly below league average hard contact, but really good discipline. Um, actually, even better than Beatty. Uh, and the crazy thing is, he only has 44 games at you know, as a minor leaguer before being called up. So they obviously like him. They see something there. Uh, and I think he could be doing better. And then third, uh, St. Louis third baseman Jordan Walker has had a tough draw with St. Louis this season. Just like crazy, crazy bad uh, organization this year. He was batting 274 in the majors. Like, why are you sending him down? Uh, granted, he was probably going to regress from that. He had a 353 babbitt but like seven and a half percent barrel rate 47 percent hard hit rate uh really good maybe maybe they were worried about like the ground ball rate being high at 60 percent 40 percent chase rate not great but come on all right i'm going to wrap up today with a few buy low sell high players So I'm just looking at um, some hitters here for this. Uh, and so I, I'm 
uh, Matt came up with this, my co-host, who uh, unfortunately we just couldn't couldn't get scheduling down today. But uh, he came up with the nickname, the Babbitt Boys. Uh, and so all of these buy low, sell high hitters are all based around BABIP. Um, so one of, uh, so my, th- I'll go th- through this way and say my three sell high batters are Toronto third baseman, Matt Chapman, Philly outfielder, Brandon Marsh and Dodgers outfielder, James Altman. So Matt Chapman has a 460 BABIP and a 349 batting average. Uh, but he, his line drive ground ball fly ball rates are nearly identical to last season when he had a 277 Babbitt. Uh, some changes, though, he's barreling the ball at a 29% rate. His hard hit rate 67.4%, both lead baseball. He's making more contact, he's striking out less, but even still, the average should drop off soon. Um, you know, he's not a good pull hitter, doesn't do everything that. You need to do to to have a babbit like a crazy high babbit. So uh, I think he's a sell high. Another sell high for me is Brandon Marsh, uh, who has a 446 babbit, uh, 317 batting average. He has a 19% line drive rate, which is lower than last season when he had a 360 babbit. He does have better barrel and hard hit rates this season at 10% and 49%, but problems 48% ground ball rate. 18% home run to fly ball rate versus an 11% career rate, right? With a lower launch angle and he doesn't pull the ball a ton. So Brandon Marsh, sell high. Uh, and my other sell high is Dodgers outfielder, James Altman, another high BABIP, 377, 274 batting average, low line drive rate, 16%. That is uh, a line drive rate like that and a BABIP like that are rarely sustainable. The average, I think, is coming down too. He has a 33% strikeout rate and a 66% contact rate. He does have good power. He pulls the ball well, but, you know, that only helps so much. Um, So my buy low guys are uh, Houston third baseman Alex Bregman, Yankees second baseman Glaber Torres, and Mets shortstop Francisco Lindor, all suffering from low BABIPs. So, for Alex Bregman, basically every stat this year is almost identical to last season, except his BAPIP is 70 points lower than usual. It's 43 points lower than last season. He's got a better strikeout rate than last year. He's got the same line drive rate, similar pull rate at 40 per plus percent. This this is clearly, clearly BAPIP affected. Great by low. Uh, Glaber Torres, 12% K rate, 12% walk rate. He has a 255 BABIP and a 256 average. You tell me that that average is not affected by his BABIP. He has, um, you know, hard contact is an issue for him, but he's driving the ball well. He's still managed six home runs, five stolen bases. He's a 2020 candidate, and his average should get better. Like, what are we waiting for? Bye, 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 bye. And then Mets shortstop Francisco Lindor. He has six homers, four steals with a 264 BABIP and a 224 average. His strikeout rate is worse than last year. It's up to 24%, but he has a 10% barrel rate and a 43% hard hit rate. Both are improvements on last season. 
He has a 23% line drive rate, which is better than he's done for his career. And he's pulling the ball 57%. He's got a 264 Babbitt. That's going to get better. The average is going to get better by Francisco Lindor. Get him. We'll be covering all the big news in baseball, the best players to drop an ad, streamers, and more. So make sure to subscribe and tune in so you're notified when episodes publish every Friday. In the meantime, you can tweet us at FastballPod, reach out on Instagram at FastballFantasyBaseball, or email us at FastballFantasyBaseball at gmail.com. We'll respond. You can also read my column called By the Numbers on FantasyPros.com. I do a data deep dive each week. So if you like what we do on the podcast, you'll definitely like the article. I'm also doing articles on waivers for fan tracks and pitcher list. So check out those articles there too. Finally, please give the show a five-star rating. Each high rating will move this podcast up the list on podcast platforms when people search for fantasy baseball. So it's something that really helps us out. And thanks for listening.